Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. Hello, welcome to Journeys in Faith here on this Friday night on Fiat Ministry Network. Great to be here with you, as it always is every Friday. I have an amazing guest. I have Mickey Skiba. Mickey's coming to us from Tyler, Texas. She is a catechetical specialist with St. Philip Institute. You can learn about them at stphilipinstitute.org. Mickey, thank you so much for joining me on Journeys in Faith. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I am overjoyed. I'm overjoyed too. You were a guest on my podcast with Bill Snyder, Sowing Hope. And it was an amazing episode where you shared your faith journey and you're doing some amazing work with St. Philip Institute. You're also a wife and a mom of three. I know you told me right before the show started that you're homeschooling right now. So you're busy. You're a busy woman. Yes, and this is our very first year of homeschooling, so it's definitely been, uh, it's been beautiful, but a, a learning, a learning process. I completely understand as I homeschooled for a very long time, as I told you, uh, two daughters in their 20s that went through uh, pre-K to 12, so I completely understand that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but would love for people to hear your beautiful faith journey. Uh, I know that you are really and truly a woman of faith working with the St. Philip Institute and evangelizing. So tell us about your early life and how you got to be so faithful on your walk with Christ. Oh man, well, first I would say it started with my family. So I grew up as a cradle Catholic and um, just before we got on, I was talking a little bit about my dad who just passed away um, in August of this year. And he was just such a wonderful uh, man. And I never really questioned the idea of an unconditional loving God because I really had an unconditional loving earthly father. So that is really where uh, I would say it started uh, in my home. And, you know, going to mass and just being Catholic, it's just what we were and what we did. But so the idea of like sticking with the disciplines was ingrained in me at a young age. I went to Catholic grade school, but I didn't have that relational part with Jesus. Like that was a huge thing that was missing. I was a big rule follower because I was, I really wanted to go to heaven at the end of my life. And the alternative was really, really scary to me, but I didn't really have a relationship with Jesus, um, I would say my prayers really fast at night just so I could, you know, make sure that I did my religious job uh, and say my prayers. But uh, the relationship with God didn't really come until I was in high school. My cousin had been telling me, he was like, hey, you should come to our church youth group. And I was not interested. Um, I love sports, I played volleyball. And I just, I was like, you know what? I do my church thing on Sunday. So I've got my job finished on Sunday and I'm good for the rest of the week. But he's very persistent, my cousin was. So I finally went to youth group. And I guess to make a long story short, I found the people there, there was just something different. Um, I, in Galatians 5, when it talks about the fruits of the Holy Spirit, I could see um, you just recognize the fruits. There was just a peace about them, a gentleness about them. And there wasn't a whole lot of drama um, in that group as compared to, you know, my 
other high school friends um, and sort of the dynamics in high school. And so that part was intriguing to me. Our conversations were different, what they choose to focus on, the perspective and how they see, saw the world was different. And I couldn't really put my finger on it. I just, I could sense that it was different. So I continued to go to youth group and became really good friends uh, with all of my youth group, uh, with the kids in youth group, but my youth ministers. And there was a uh, young lady, she was a year older than I was. Her name was Katie. And when I was a junior, or entering into my uh, junior year of high school, she was a senior, she was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And, uh, and because our, our youth group family was so close, we were, we were with her family and her all the time. So we would be at her house, um, really every weekend. Um, I remember we would, we traveled to a healing mass in Louisiana. Um, adoration was just part of, of what we did. And it was such a strong time in my life. And then watching my friend Katie uh, suffer through her cancer, um, but she did it, she did it peacefully and joyfully. And I, I didn't understand, like at that point, I just didn't understand how being rooted in Christ could really change your perspective and how you see the world. So when I watched her suffer, uh, I know this might sound weird, but it was really a beautiful thing. I mean, it was, it was, it changed my heart forever. And um, cause she would always ask you how she was. I mean, she was an 18 year old girl with terminal cancer. Her life was fading, but she never complained. I never heard her complain about her illness or her feeling angry because her life was being cut so short. Uh, she was just joyful. And she always talked about how great God was. And I remember thinking, like, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't understand how you can be so young. Your life is slipping away. And that you're not angry that you're still talking about how great God was and and that intrigued me and um, the night that she ended up passing away we were all at her house uh, praying with her family and she would normally come into the living room with us but that night she was too she was too weak and she was in her bedroom so she had asked her parents to call people in one by one into her room and um, because my cousin and I were inseparable, we were such good friends, best friends at the time. And she called us both into her room at the same time. And I had never seen anyone struggle uh, so hard to just breathe. And that was kind of scary for me because I'd never seen that. And um, just as she labored to breathe, like her parents whispered in her ear, they said, um, Mickey and Jonathan are here. And I remember she turned her face to look at us and she said, I love you. And she turned around and continued to try to breathe. Man, that, that did something in my soul that was so transformative that it, that moment, I mean, it changed my life forever. And I remember going back into her living room and there were so many things going on in my mind and in my heart and I'm trying to make sense of it all tears are streaming down my face and a few very important things is that I distinctly remember I remember kneeling down and I think I said well I know I said my first real genuine prayer that night and I said Lord I don't I don't know what she has 
but I want that. I want that. I want to be full of life, even when my earthly life is fading, even if I'm dying. I, I want to have peace, even if everything around me is chaos. I want to share your love, even if there's sadness and pain that exists in, in my circumstances. And I knew that it was possible because I had seen it in my friend Katie. And I think it, it's sort of the same, like, I felt God and he's like, all right, if that's what you want, like, hold on, because I'm going to take you for a ride. And, uh, and I, that night I was just, and it's also very interesting because when she said, I love you, it was almost as if I heard God tell me through her, I love you. And I had never really thought deeply about God's love for me uh, and how that would, and how really meditating on that change like the realization of the truth that God loves me. He knows everything about me and loves me anyways. And so when she said that, I heard God speaking through her. And again, I'm a, I'm a junior in high school when this happened. And as I'm kneeling on this living room floor praying, I knew I was, I was convinced from that moment on that, that God's will for me was to do ministry. And that's the path that I was set on since a junior in high school. And I went to a, an amazing Catholic college, Benedictine college, majored in um, theology, youth ministry and philosophy, and have been in, in ministry ever since. And I wouldn't change it <laughs> at all. I would do it all over again. And, um, you know, it, again, it started off in my home, but was definitely solidified um, and my life was transformed through the witness of my friend Katie. And, uh, and I just wanted to be that. I know that Jesus um, spoke through her and that inspired me. And I was like, I want to be like a Katie to someone else. I want to be able to breathe the love of God, the love of Christ into the souls of anybody God wants me to come into contact with. And, uh, and so that's sort of been the driving force behind what, behind what I do. So it never fails. Whenever I hear that story, I have to hold back the tears. I don't know about anybody else, but I mean, it just deeply touches my soul when I hear that story because all of us, uh, I know. You know, all of us have been through suffering, but when you can take it as you did, when Katie said those last words, uh, it was like, God was speaking to you. And you know, that's what this show and even I think what this network is about, it's about the love of God saying yes to Jesus Christ. And, and so I just thank you so much for sharing that story. Uh, and then how she's still touching your life today. I mean, let's face it, Kate, Katie is still touching your life even to this day. I'm sure that somehow, some way she's kind of watching over you in your life. And, uh, and it's just incredible. And your dad, we can't forget your dad, your, your wonderful <laughs> father, who was such a beautiful role model for you and, and a real father to uh, his family. So thank you again. I thought I could read also your bio. I didn't do that at the beginning. So forgive me. Uh, I just want people <laughs> no, to that's know fine. a bit more about you so that you were, you graduated from Benedictine college in 2005 with a bachelor's degree in religious studies, youth ministry, and philosophy. As catechetical specialist for St. Philip Institute, she develops and implements creative methods for evangelizing 
and catechizing children between the ages of zero to 12. Mickey and her husband live in Tyler, Texas with their three beautiful children. Yeah, and there's St. Philip Institute website. I love that website too. And <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it's it's really great. I could say I was the brains behind it, but I'm not. We have very talented people who work <laughs> with our institute. It's all so. good. It's all good. So take us on a journey from the point of Katie's passing uh, to her life with the Lord in heaven. And what happened to your life after that? Sure. So um, again, as a junior, I was convinced that God wanted me to do ministry. And I really wanted to work with youth because that uh, was such a formative time in my life. So my idea was that I'd be a youth minister my entire life. And so after I graduated college in 2005, I worked in Southwest Houston as a youth minister for a year. Um, and in that time, my husband and I had gotten married and we ended up moving to Louisiana uh, for his work. And I happened to, or God sort of laid in my lap, this job as a, a theology teacher um, for high schoolers. And I fell in love with it right away. I loved being in the classroom. And so I taught there for six years. And then another sort of part of God's crazy design, we ended up in Southeast Texas. So we moved to Southeast Texas, Louisiana, and I taught um, high school theology there for five and a half years. And so, so much of my ministry, I spent, you know, over 11 years um, teaching high school kids and I, again, I thought I was going to do that forever, and God's plans are always funny, <laughs> and sometimes can become unexpected, and uh, by another call of God, we um, ended up in Tyler, Texas, and um, I, I got this job at the St. Philip Institute about two years ago, and had been working with an amazing team under the direction of Bishop Joseph Strickland, and um, it's definitely something very new for me, because I've been in the classroom for so long. Uh, but such a blessing and, um, and the work that we're doing. And, and I can't even speak enough uh, about how much I value our bishop and our team. And the fervor for evangelization and catechesis has been um, just a wonderful experience for me. Well, you can see the joy in your face, quite honestly, <laughs> how the Holy Spirit is working. And I think I told you about my daughter, Elaine, and I'm gonna wave hello to Elaine. Uh, and you two have so much in common because my daughter, Elaine, who's 24, she has a real love of the Lord. And uh, I didn't get to tell you that now Elaine is going to be a high school theology teacher. She actually just got her first position. So uh, she's very excited to be involved. So it just reminds me so much of, of her, what you just said. And isn't it a great way to evangelize? I mean, working with... Oh young people in high school, teaching them about the Lord, teaching them about our Catholic faith? It's beautiful. I have to tell you, those 11 years, and if any of my, if any of my past students are watching, I love y'all so much, um, and I hope that they know that, and they changed my life tremendously, and I really had to learn, well, I guess it was a process. They really teach me how to love the best way for me to display the love of Jesus. Yes, it's important to pass on his teachings. And we did that. We read scripture. We did the catechism. Um, 
but they just want to be loved and and the love that they showed in return oh my goodness just heartwarming i mean i have story after story after story of the love of these high school kids um they're just wonderful human beings and i i miss them so much and i hope that they know that but uh, they touched my life in so many ways and it's a beautiful way to um, evangelize and i learned a lot um, in the process they taught me so much and i'm sure that it's enriched your life for what you're doing now right i mean because you had such great experiences with teaching high school theology and that, that's just incredible i'm sure that you made a big impact on their faith isn't that so important because you know high school isn't the easiest time in our lives i don't think and having a good teacher especially a good theology teacher and many many kids who go to catholic high schools probably don't know that much about their faith i'm guessing too did you learn that uh that there were some that didn't know did. as much about their faith that maybe you would expect because some of them come from catholic school grade schools correct yeah absolutely no it was definitely eye-opening for me um how um i guess how much maybe that they had been taught but how many that how much they actually learned like what they were retaining and not necessarily um information but how that translate or how it should translate into how we live our lives and i found that that was sort of the biggest gap um with with the high schoolers that I taught. And it may even be a, a big gap with just anybody who's Catholic, you know, knowing what the church teaches and then um, crossing over to like, okay, but this should be, this should be the thing that dictates every decision that I make. Um, uh, discernment and having a relationship with Jesus. Like that was the thing that really struck me was, um, there are, there are a lot of them who had maybe understanding of some of the teachings of the church, but they didn't know how it translated to their relationship with Christ and what that means for how they live their life, what they say, um, what they type on social media, um, how they discern what God is calling them to do. I mean, all of those things. So there just seemed to be a gap. And I just, um, the more that I taught them, the more I recognized that, okay, we like, we need to teach them how to have a relationship with Jesus. But I think in a world that's so confusing, sometimes it's even hard to just have an honest, authentic relationship with anybody. <laughs> I mean, there's so much stuff out there. And if, if we struggle with really forming authentic relationships with human people that we see all the time, um, how much more difficult it can be uh, to form a relationship with, um, you know, our divine, our divine creator with the Lord. And um, so that was something that was eye-opening to me and I spent a lot of time on. Um, and I just, you know, as God worked for me into the fact that God had called me to that and wanted to use me for that, I just consider a tremendous blessing. Uh, thank you. I think what you're saying, if I'm listening correctly, is that it's what does it translate into, you know, we can catechize young people through grade school and high school, but if it doesn't translate into not only loving God, serving God, but living it, like you said, in the way that we do everything really, I would guess. Um, so yeah. And I, one of the things that, um, oh, sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> 
That's what I love uh, about this show. Things- We're casual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the things that really struck me is like, they could give you the definition of prayer. You know, they could go home and could memorize it. They could even tell you all the different types of prayer, you know, Thanksgiving, adoration, contrition, petition, intercession. But then when I would ask, okay, how often do you pray? So they could get a hundred on a test that asked them, what are the different forms of prayer? When I asked, how often do you pray? You know, or they could tell you books were in the Bible or um, that the Bible was the inspired word of God, um, you know, sort of all of these definitions. But then when I said, do you read your Bible? How often do you read their, your Bible? <laughs> I mean, um, and it was, it was very low considering, um, considering what they, what they would answer on a, on a test as far as, you know, ABCD and then like, okay, so if it's the inspired word of God, how often do you read it? I mean, it was such a drastic difference, you know, between knowing the stuff and then living the stuff, if that makes any sense. And so, and I told them, I said, look, if you ever forget a vocabulary word or a catechism word, you can easily look it up. But are you living it? You know, if you know that confession is a sacrament and that we receive grace from that and forgiveness of sin, great. often do you go? Mm. You know, and and that, that was, that was really, um, I guess, became my mission, you know, is yes, it would be great if they could recite all of these things, but even if they could tell you the most eloquent speech about reconciliation, but they were never going, then I had not done my job. And, and I felt very, the gospel's about, that's so good. <laughs> I, I just love to hear it. I do because our faith has to translate into something really really real, doesn't it? I mean, it has to translate into the way we, we interact with one another and how we treat our families in the choices that we make. Right. So I just think it's a beautiful thing. And that's why I love having you on journeys in faith, because I do think you have, uh, not only a beautiful story, but you are uh, a role, a good role model. So uh, I'm oh, very so grateful. Yeah, me. it's the truth. Like I said, you brought me to tears during the first half with the story about about your friend um, Katie. So, and I'm sure that a lot of other people listening and watching are touched by that story. You know, we've all lost a loved one at some point, and when you can look at that person and and see God's face in their suffering and when they passed on to or their life with Christ, I mean. Uh, that's really, you know, our lives are, are, are brief, aren't they? And we need to always Very. keep that in mind. That's right. So yeah. it, this first half of the show has been wonderful. <laughs> we have a lot more to talk about. Now, during the break, I'm going to invite you, my viewers, to go to stphilipinstitute.org and learn about the great work that Mickey is doing. Now, you told me that Philip has one L when they put it in their search engine, correct? Yes. So yes, definitely have to check it out. I love the website, honestly. And you even have some great like pieces of art and wonderful advent items and things like that. So it's a good place to go to, especially with Christmas coming up and you might want to get some gifts. That's right. So, well, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we have a lot more to talk about regarding uh, St. Philip Institute and also about wonderful things that are happening in Mickey's life and also with her 
ministry. So we'll be back in just a few minutes here on Journeys in Faith. Hi, my name is Anne DeSantis, and I'm the director for the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. You can learn about us on our website at nonatis.org. I'm here to tell you today about two great podcasts that I hope that you will tune in. The first Tuesday of every month at 8 o'clock, we have a podcast specifically for Catholics affected by divorce. From 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, go to Philly Nonatis on YouTube to subscribe. In addition, we also have a podcast the last Thursday of every month. That's also at 8 o'clock Eastern time for one hour. And that one is for families in crisis. We have some really great guests coming up soon, so hope to see you then. Please also consider the fact that you can make spiritual direction appointments with us, with our spiritual moderator. All you need to do is go to our website on the contact form and just reach out to us. We'd be happy to hear from you and look forward to setting up an appointment. So we'd love to connect with you. Please share this video and let people know that we're there for families affected by divorce and also families in crisis. Thank you. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. When I was young, in the 1950s, I attended Catholic Grammar School and I memorized the Baltimore Catechism. In fact, I think I got an A on all of my tests. Um, I faithfully attended Mass each week, not because I wanted to, but because I was afraid if I didn't, I would suffer eternal damnation. I followed all the rules. I followed my Catholic faith um, faithfully. But it wasn't until I became a wife and a mother and I began to try and pass my faith on to my children that I realized that everything I knew about Jesus was memorized doctrine. I can't even share with you how I was so wrote in my faith. And I was attending this, but I was not present. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. Uh, I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck broke in my faith. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous, meekness that empowered him to play the game. And I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it. Honey, you've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that. And I'm a, you know, he, his big line to me is you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never followed through on them. And so this was, Week after week, month after month, he is looking at me like, this is a miracle. There is no way that you, on your own, could have done this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 through 21, St. Paul compares the sacrifice of the Christians 
to the sacrifice of Israel and then to the sacrifice of the pagans. Paul calls the chalice the blood of Christ and the bread as participation in the body of Christ and then warns his listeners that you cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons at the same time. So in other words, you need to decide what are you going to participate in? Are you going to participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice, which is in the Eucharist or not? Hi, welcome back to Journeys in Faith here on Fiat Ministry Network with my amazing guest, Mickey Skiba, coming to us from Tyler, Texas. She is a wife, a mom of three, and she works as a catechetical specialist for St. Philip Institute. And right before the break, I told you that the website is stphilipinstitute.org. Now, there's only one L in Philip when you look that up. It's up on the screen there. I love their website so much. There's a lot of wonderful Catholic resources for evangelization and catechesis. So Mickey, again, thank you for joining us here on Journeys in Faith. Uh, thank you so much. I have enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. I love the first half because we learned a lot about you and your story and your conversion. And that's always a very important part of our faith journey is how we came into a deeper relationship with Christ and the church. I thought we could talk a little bit about your family too. I know that you said you're homeschooling right now. You have three kids. And so how is life at home? Uh, so actually relatively calm. I would say that it's been, it's really been quite a, a transition. My kids have been in, um, well, two of my kids have been in um, Catholic school ever since they could go to Catholic school. Um, my middle son um, has special needs, so he's been in a special ed program at, um, at one of the public schools. And so with COVID and everything, um, we just decided, you know what, we're just going to we're just going to homeschool. We just felt like it was what God was calling us to. And I, I was never homeschooled. My husband was, um, and his mom did a great job. So I call my mother-in-law a lot. <laughs> we talk a lot about how they were going, just sort of a pioneer in the homeschooling world. And, um, so it's definitely been a transition because I, like I said, I've been in full-time ministry ever since um, I graduated college. And so, making that transition, um, was a little challenging, you know, getting used to, you know, being full-time ministry and, and now doing, you know, homeschooling and, and ministry part-time. Um, but I would say the transition has been fairly calm and I don't know if it's because everything else in the world has been so crazy <laughs> yeah. that, uh, being at yeah. home with the kids has been something very comforting. And, um, and really just being around uh, my family and my children, um, you know, during this time has been really beneficial for us because a lot of questions come and there's just a lot of stuff that has happened really since um, July, um, you know, because I was doing full-time work at home while I was trying to do distance learning with my children and that was really difficult and challenging. Uh, but when we made the transition, so we decided at the end of July, you know, we're going to homeschool. So um, it was a, it was real quick. 
Um, so we made that decision in July. Uh, my dad got sick at the beginning of August. So there was all of that stuff going on through the whole month of August. And then with his passing and dealing with that and then getting used to homeschooling with the kids with all of these new things. Um, so I guess the outside has seemed really crazy and, and hectic. And so just kind of having my children with me and really being able to walk through them with all of the things that are going on in the world and even in our family. Uh, it has been beautiful. So, I mean, it's a transition, of course, and I've had to grow a lot and um, I'm trying to grow a lot in my patience and, you know, back to mixed numbers and fractions and that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I do understand. As I said, I did it for a while. So uh, I actually do miss homeschooling and my kids are one's in college and one is out of college. But I do miss those times of sitting at the kitchen table and driving them around to the different places they needed to go to. But I know for you, it might be a balancing act, too, because you're working very hard with uh, the St. Philip Institute. And with your background, mm -hmm. with your love of God and with your knowledge of catechesis, I was wondering for your kids, it must be the most beautiful thing to watch somebody like you, Mickey Skiba, who is the catechetical specialist teaching your own kids about the faith. What is that experience like? You know, so I wish I could say it's been really awesome and beautiful. Um, and I, <laughs> I think I talk about it all the time at home. Uh, and you know, I have to remember, they're still very young. And when I was 10, I was not interested. <laughs> <laughs> and, I get it. Uh, but it is, it's really great because I guess the great thing is that I am, I am available like when they have a question or when I'm working on a project with work, I can invite them into that. And that's, that has been really beautiful. Um, and every Tuesday night, I teach a faith formation class for um, kids who are in their sacramental years. So preparing for like first reconciliation and um, confirmation in Eucharist. And so uh, sometimes well, many times when I'm on those uh, live sessions with those kids that I'm teaching, mine are like behind me. And usually my five-year-old son is like pulling on my hair or, <laughs> <laughs> or we were talking about, we were talking about um, Abraham and Isaac. And then my five-year-old was like, you mean Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> so, yeah. So, but it's, I guess it's been fun because they get more of an idea of what I do. Um, when I'm at the computer or writing down notes or reading books. And, um, and also it's just, it's just wonderful because a lot of the things that I am, I am reading and preparing just makes me a better teacher to my own children, but also makes me a better person. And so I, I don't know, I just feel tremendously blessed that I can work on my own spiritual life. And it's so ingrained in my family life and, um, what I do with my work. Um, I mean, God has been way too good to me. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. And you know, I, I can completely relate because when your kids are that age, they're going between their, their activity, their friends, and just all the energy that they have. And mm -hmm. so we want to try to, you know, I know that it's like incorporating how to make learning about the faith and the catechesis part of it interesting mm -hmm. enough so that they want to talk about it, discuss it and partake in it without any kind of like force, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think what's, what's been really helpful too, I mean, it's helpful, but also kind of scary is that um, they're seeing all the time how mom brings her faith into daily life. Mm, amen. And 
some days I do that all right. And some days I fail miserably. And the days that I fail miserably, I'm like, man, what are my kids learning from my behavior uh, or, you know, things that are going on or how I deal with frustration? Um, are they seeing me pray? But the great thing is um, we do have a structure of prayer set in our house. And so that is just part of, you know, what we do as a family. And they have come to really embrace that. And um, like we pray the rosary every, every day um, as a family. And, Wonderful. and, you know, and now they love that time. They're just like, wait, are we going to, you know, and they just cuddle up with us or are we, um, sometimes we pray that in the hallway while they're in bed, or sometimes we kneel in front of like our little home altar prayer space. Um, and it's, it's become like one of those traditions for us that, um, I hope has, is going to instill itself in them, uh, for years to come. And it's such a blessing. Uh, and like my middle son, he loves mass. He loves mass. And so he's always, Oh, he loves it. He, he chants the Latin chant he loves Latin chant, like mm. a Gregorian chant. And so it's beautiful. I, if I'm making lunch, I can hear him singing like the Salve Regina in the background. And it just, it's wonderful. I think so, you posted it on social media. Am I right? Did I, did I see something like that? I did. I thought I saw I that. Did. Yeah. That's yeah. So I'm cool. looking for, um, I really want to get in priest vestments. Um, because I mean, he's, I've never seen a kid who loves mass so much. And, um, he, Future he knows exactly when the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have him a little, um, I have him some like mass stuff, but they've had it for a while. So I want to make sure I, I complete the set and we have broken a few glass cruets in, um, our pretend mass place. So we need some replacements. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad we could talk about this because now that you're doing both, right? You're homeschooling and you're also still working with St. Philip Institute as the catechetical specialist. So you're really, it's a balancing act as a mom, isn't it? With kids, your mm-hmm. kid's age and, and doing all that you're doing. So I just wanted to talk about that because I think it's beautiful for people to see that, you know, no matter what we do, we have our vocation and then we have our occupation, right? And those two things mm-hmm. can kind of go together. They, they really do go together. Yeah. Especially now during, during this yeah. time where a lot of us are home on those Zoom calls all the time, right? <laughs> yes. That's right. Yes. And I'm just so, I'm just so blessed that um, my vocation as a wife and a mom marries so beautifully with um, living my faith, teaching the faith. And I honestly... Um, I don't know what I would do if I had like a secular job and, um, and then coming home or trying to do my secular job, um, you know, at home, the fact that I'm, my job is also about, um, I'm learning, um, I'm trying to live it. I'm trying to teach it. It's just, I don't know if I could do it if I wasn't in ministry and I, like I said, I feel like God has been so good to me because I grow so much just from my work uh, and the people and my coworkers and the people that I'm surrounded by. And even my group of homeschool moms, I mean, I feel like God has been like, okay, this little one, she needs special care. And so he has surrounded me <laughs> by the most oh. beautiful people. 
Yeah, yeah that's, so I'm very that's blessed. Incredible. That's good. Yeah, you made a good point because you're involved in ministry, which is your work, right? But it's a blessing mm -hmm. and it's really a calling too. So it is, it is a vocation, not just an occupation, what you're doing with yeah. St. Philip Institute. So let's talk a little yeah. bit more about that because it's, it's a really sure. wonderful organization. So can you tell us about uh, how did St. Philip start? I, I know that I'm familiar with it. Even before I knew you, I was, I was familiar with the Institute and have always admired it so much. Oh, well, thank you. So it was, um, it has been, we call ourselves a toddler because the St. Philip Institute has only, we're just starting our third year of ministry. And uh, really it's the, it's the teaching arm of the Diocese of Tyler. Um, it's, it's been the vision of Bishop Joseph Strickland. And he wrote this beautiful constitution and you can find it on the About Us part of our webpage. But he's basically laid out a vision for the diocese and really the, the main purpose of the Institute is to fulfill his constitution on teaching. And so we're constantly coming together and like we use the, the constitution that Bishop Strickland wrote as our roadmap. Like these are the things that we are, are set, are called to do. They have, these goals have been set before us by our Bishop and, um, and just working as a team to try to make sure that this vision can come to fruition um, and there's a lot of things in that constitution, um, but I do encourage anyone who really wants to know exactly sort of what our roadmap is to go and to read that because um, it's a little lengthy, but it's just a beautiful vision um, for a diocese. Um, but we also do things for people beyond the diocese um, podcast and a lot of the things that you can find on our webpage. But, uh, but yeah, just our main mission is just to teach Jesus Christ um, and the beauties of the church to our diocese and then beyond. Um, but it really started with, um, I love this story. So this is actually after St. Philip the Evangelist, not St. Philip the Apostle. And if you read about St. Philip the Evangelist, it's um, in Acts chapter 8, he comes across this um, this man, this Ethiopian in a, in a chariot who's reading the book of Isaiah and St. Philip was prompted by the Holy Spirit to go and ask him if he understood what he was reading. And his response was, um, how can I, unless someone instructs me? And so that was really the, the inspiration behind St. Philip Institute is that someone can be reading or, or being exposed to the word of God through sacred scripture or tradition. Um, but do they understand that? Do they understand like what that means and then how it then transforms into our life? And that has sort of been, that's our namesake, um, is that, that we are the ones that are called to help instruct, um, to break down um, these eternal truths um, that God has given us and really try to help them become the fabric of our everyday living experience with Christ. Um, and so that's sort of our broad vision in what we're doing. Oh, I love it. I really love it. And it makes me want to delve into the website even more, learn and get connected. So for people who are watching, whether they're moms, dads, young, old, middle, uh, whoever they are, and if, what can they offer to the different age categories? I know that you have a lot for parents and children. So maybe can you explain like when they go on that website, depending on their age, what can they find? Absolutely. So um, what I'll start with is the, um, 
sort of some of the resources you can find. So one of our very first projects that we had was writing an RCIA program. Um, it's called The Way of Christ. And with that, we sort of have a full um, sort of web page sort of connected to that. So it's, um, it's a book that really just talks about the, the basic tenets of the faith. Um, we have videos that accompany each lesson where um, so many members of our team were part of, uh, who made these videos that correspond to each lesson. Uh, we have a quiz that goes along with it. So I would say for, for anybody who just wants to learn like what are the basic tenets of the faith, um, that's a really great resource for people who are um, going through our CIA or maybe want to brush up on um, the tenets of the faith, but it's a beautiful program and a beautiful book. And that was sort of our first big project. So I would say that's a great resource for um, adults, um, parents to just learn a little bit more about the Catholic faith. Repeat uh, again. The, I'm sorry, the title again. Oh, the way of Christ, the way of Christ. So make sure everybody, you check that one out. That sounds good. I, I I'd like to get that. I don't have it yet, but you're making me want to get it. <laughs> Going I'm really excited about that. We, um, yeah, and that was one of the things that, um, that had what that was started before I even, um, that was a the book was a finished product before I even started, but we wanted to have videos that accompany each lesson, and so I was able to take part in that. Um, and then we put this like little quiz together, which actually became came in really useful when COVID hit, <laughs> and people were like, Wait, what do we do? We can't go to you know, CCD class. And so we were like, hey, we already have this book. Here's a, we used to, you know, people could look at it online for free and go through the lessons and take the quiz. So that was really a great way to continue teaching as we were trying to navigate what was going on during the pandemic. So, um, so yeah, that's, um, that's a really great resource. Um, we also have something for teens, um, the way of Christ for teens. Uh, the first one that we have by um, our wonderful chaplain, his name is Father Justin Braun, and he wrote this. He was the, he's in so much with like youth ministry and college ministry. And so um, this first installment of the program for teens um, really talks a lot about prayer, that relationship with God, like, you know, who should we go to? Like our answer should always be to Jesus for anything. And so there is that resource for teenagers. Um, we also have a baptism formation program. So this is for parents who are preparing to baptize their child. And so um, really the, the formation process is, is meant for like the whole diocese, but you can, you know, if you wanna learn a little bit more about baptism, we have um, DVDs that go along with it, along with like a participant guide that helps parents really prepare for the baptism of their child and beyond. Um, there's a post-baptismal series in the little booklet that follows the Holy Family through scripture and just offers Lexia Divina um, as they read the, the scriptures about the Holy Family and just can reflect on what parenthood is um, and how we can better bring Christ into our homes. Um, so that's the way of the Holy Family, Baptism Formation Program. Um, our newest sort of book that we have is a little... Christian Initiation Catechism. Um, this is a guide for children and families who are preparing for the sacraments. So this is really geared toward like second, third, fourth grade age level. Um, it just kind of goes through um, 50 questions that parents who, like, do our kids just know these tenets of the faith? So it's a really great um, question and answer format. Um, 
written by one of the priests of the diocese, Father Bolin. Um, and so it's a great resource, resource for parents that can just say, okay, are our kids learning the doctrine of the faith? So that's one of our newest uh, resources that we have is the Christian Initiation Catechism um, for Children and Families. Uh, we also have a, um, an artist in the diocese. So he, um, he, he works in the diocese and he creates beautiful, beautiful works of art. Um, his name is Robert Poshutes and he, um, yeah, I mean, if you look at it, he has so many beautiful paintings that he has done. And so he does a lot for, um, to be put in the, like in churches in our diocese. And um, so his art is just lovely. And he's done, even done a few videos um, that you can find on our website or Facebook page um, where he really talks about the symbolism of the art and where it comes from. He's a classically trained artist and just um, beautiful, beautiful works of art there. And then we also have some like books and gifts that uh, are available. Um, we have some rosaries that are for sale and then um, our bishop, Bishop Joseph Strickland, just teamed up with Catholic Answers, um, and so this is his very first book um, that is now, um, you can order it, it's called Light and Leaven, um, and he has just been such a wonderful leader um, during this time. I have the utmost respect for our bishop. He's, um, in my opinion, such a holy, holy man and a wonderful example, so uh, this is, um, his book is now available um, we have our faith formation director, Dr. Luke Arredondo, um, co-wrote a book about the meaning of the Fatima prayer. He is just a brilliant human being. And then our executive director, Dr. Stacy Trisenkos, um, she has a wonderful conversion story. So if you ever get a chance to um, Google her or watch her or even have her on, her conversion story is oh, I'd um, love fascinating. To. Oh, she's wonderful. And so um, she's a chemist and uh, you know, was an atheist for, for some time. And um, I don't want to tell too much of her story because it's just such a, a wonderful story of sort of conversion and, and coming God through the faith. And um, it's, it's funny when we're in meetings with her, how much time she brings up photosynthesis. <laughs> um, she's loves science um but she wrote a book particles of faith and um uh and just it's it's very i would say a, quite a blessing to have someone who knows what's going on in the world of science because that is not an area of expertise that i have and you know she talks about how science is a study of the handiwork of god and looking at all of at science through that lens, you know, the more that we learn about science, the more that we learn about the handiwork of God and how he has created things to work. And um, yeah, her story is quite fascinating. Um, and she, well, you know, you're going to an email from me because I want to interview her. So I'll say, hello, please come on <laughs> journeys in faith and the sewing hope podcast. That would be yeah. incredible. Yeah. I love this. Yeah, yeah she's, um, She's wonderful. So she's our executive director and has really helped helped lead our team uh, and working under the leadership of Bishop Strickland um, and our and our whole team of people. It's just been, like I said, we're very, very blessed. And we have a lot of videos out there. And I want to make sure I mention um, Nicholas Willie. He um, is a young, young man who 
does all of our video work and is just so talented. Um, and so he, we have a podcast that we do um, and he, you know, sort of gets us together, sort of our videographer, all of our video projects uh, in the studio. So he's, I'm really, we just have such an amazing team of people. You do. I mean, honestly, the website's beautiful. Again, stphilipinstitute.org, Philip with one L. And you, you really enticed me to delve in there more and order some of your resources. Now, you were telling me that you have some things going on for Advent. I would love for people to know that. Was it something to do with mothers and a scripture study or prayer, I think? I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Oh, oh there okay. We go. I, lost, I couldn't hear you. There okay. Last... I just said, uh, but basically I was asking about what, what is, else is going on. I know you said there were things going on during Advent. Yes. So my coworker, Deanna Johnston and myself, she's the family life um, director and has just done a phenomenal job with uh, marriage formation, um, engagement formation. And so we to do an Advent program for women. It is a virtual program, so anyone uh, can take part. And so we have that on, um, on the front page, I believe, of the website. Um, we're going through a book study, um, searching for, I have the book, searching for and maintaining peace. Um, it's a very easy, well, it's not an easy read, it's a short read, but there's just a lot of things in here about um, maintaining like a peaceful spirit about ourselves. And as we go into Advent, um, at the end of this sort of crazy year of 2020, um, so we wanted to provide something for women, both of her and I are both moms to young children. And so that's a lot of the perspective um, that we speak about uh, is as moms and women. And so that is launching, people can sign up. It's absolutely, totally free. Uh, to sign up for that. And, uh, and then there's also a men's conference. It's live, but also virtual. So um, there's amazing speakers like Jesse Romero, um, Doug Berry, uh, and the Papal Ninja. <laughs> if anyone watches American Ninja Warrior, um, he's also going to be giving a talk. So there's a virtual component to the men's um, the men's day, like a men's conference, I think that's December 5th. And so those are sort of the more upcoming events that, um, that are open and ready for people. No, I love it so much. So for the one that you mentioned for the women, where can they sign up for that one? That's a good one that's coming up. Both, they're all wonderful. I'm sure that they're on the site somewhere. They are, so if you go to, I wanna make sure I point people exactly in the right direction. Um, so if you go to the St. Philip Institute on the homepage, uh, you, you should be able to see it. Um, I think right there on the homepage. So if okay. you scroll down a little bit, um, it's called Abide in Peace. Abide in Peace. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm excited about that. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm. I'm there I'm it very, is. Okay. I'm very excited. We. Um, so like I said, my coworker and I, we did um, a day for women um, during Advent last year. And it was just a day, but it was such a powerful experience. And we wanted to make sure that we could do something because we felt like there's definitely a need there, at least for the women of the diocese. And then with all of the sort of things going on with, with COVID and social distancing, it would have made things a little bit more challenging. So 
we just moved everything into like a virtual format. So when people register again, it's for free, they will receive um, a suggested reading list um, that will take them through the days of Advent and how to follow this book uh, and the four gospels um, for each, uh, each of the four gospels during Advent. And um, they'll get like a little booklet where they can write notes or there's reflection questions that them just sort of process what's going on as they read the book, as they go through the Sunday Gospels during Advent. Um, and then we'll have a few of our, um, Deanna Johnson and myself, we do a podcast called Life Beyond the Chariot. And um, so the next two episodes that we release will be dedicated to this Advent series. And then on December 11th um, at 7 p.m. Central Time, we're going to have a special guest. It's going to be a live session with the participants um, just to kind of catch up, like, how's it going? And just to have, you know, girl time. <laughs> oh, it's um, amazing. I, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to sign up for this. I, I, I love it. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm going to sign up for sure. So thank you so much. Um, we're coming almost to a close to the show and I thank you so much for being a guest. I do have to mention that there is a special conference coming up that not only myself, but Mickey will also be involved with. It is through Smart Catholics, and it's called God is Mercy. There it is up on the screen. It's the weekend of November 28th and 29th. All you need to do is go to smartcatholics.com and go to the events and you'll see it. It's being sponsored by the foundation that I represent as the director called the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith, along with Smart Catholics and some other wonderful organizations that are also sponsoring us. We have over 40 wonderful Catholic speakers. I'm so grateful to you, Mickey, that you're going to be one of them. So oh, well, I'm honored you. to have been asked. Yes. Yeah, that'll be awesome. So please do everyone that you're watching. Remember, it's free registration, uh, very easy to sign up. And then there will be videos uh, that will be available within the next week or so. And then you can also sign on to be a part of the live conference as well. So uh, there's a lot going on there. Do you have anything else that you wanted to share before we end this show? I don't think so. I'm just, I'm so uh, grateful that you have invited me to come and to share about the work that God has done in my life and the work that he has to lead me um, to do. And so I just thank you so much for, um, for having me on. Yeah, well, I definitely invite you back. You're one of my favorites, honestly. So thank you <laughs> thank again. You. And please do again, go to stphilipinstitute.org. Once again, we have Mickey Skiba, who is the catechetical specialist. And we will be seeing her again here on Journeys in Faith. Now, one more thing I want to mention is that I invite all of you to go to another website after this show. Uh, it's patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry, where there's a show there called Five Minutes of Faith. And there'll be a special episode with Mickey Skiba. And you want to also find out about the wonderful program called Discover Your Mission with Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network, where you can basically get a church mission delivered straight to your phone as a digital download or to your computer, a beautiful church mission. So please do check out patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry. Again, Mickey, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you so much. And everyone will see you here next week on Journeys in Faith.
Journeys of Faith is a production of Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. For more information about Journeys of Faith, email info at fiatministrynetwork.tv. And be sure to friend, follow, and like us on social media. Just search Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis.